Hey, thanks for tuning into the Beer Muddy Things podcast, your place for education and happenings in the craft food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Kyle Reiner, and here I interview folks around the world that are truly daring muddy things in the industry. My goal is to entertain, educate, and inspire. And if I'm doing those things, please, please give a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a comment. This goes a long way in helping others find the show. And, you know, hey, I appreciate it. So with that, let's get into it. I'm an aggressively friendly emotional creature that loves Jenny Cream and Lion's Head. So yeah, um, and craft beer. Welcome in to the Beer Money Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew. It's what's in your ears as you drink beers. Today we're chatting with the head brewer at Naked Brewing Company in Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania, and also Bristol, Pennsylvania. Hannah Gody. Hannah, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am well. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right. You're very welcome. Uh, you're busy, so I appreciate you taking the time here. Absolutely. Anytime I can talk about beer, I'm, I'm happy to take a pause and all the other daily responsibilities. It's important. I think uh, it seems like from reading a little bit about you, like you understand you know, the value of kind of pausing and chilling and a little bit of like just, you know, self, yeah. self-relaxation, you know? Yeah, you got to find those moments. Time to be mindful and intentional with what you're doing. Yeah. It only makes you do everything else better. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, cool. So let's walk a little bit back through kind of your history. Um, you had worked at Keystone Homebrew Supply, and you ended up becoming a brewer at Free Will in 2014. So my knowledge of John Stemmler and Free Will, I'm wondering if, did you work with John at uh, Keystone Homebrew? At Keystone? Um, no. So our time actually did not overlap. Um, okay. at Keystone, but there was still a close relationship between um, John and, and Keystone. So that is how I got to know him. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll never forget when he called the shop the first time that I answered. Um, I had probably only been there, I don't know, like a month maybe. And uh, honestly, it was probably less than a month. And he called just like asking questions or something. And I'm like the new kid on the phone, right? I have <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about or what I'm asking. And I just remember him going, you're new here, huh? And I go, um, yes. But in my head, I'm thinking, do I say yes? Do I say no? Like what's going to happen next? I don't, I don't, what is happening? <laughs> so, but yeah, um, John's now one of my best friends. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, John and Brandolin, and uh, they've actually both been on the podcast before, so it's cool to complete the trifecta, you know, and, and bring you in as well. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. The four of us, my husband, um, myself, John and Brandolin, we're actually going on vacation together this summer. So. Very nice. I always yeah. see you guys, you know, in your floaties or in your, like, baby pool at, you know, their house or something. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make the most of it, man. I love it. I love it. Cool. So how'd you get into, you know, being a beer judge? Um, so part of the advantages of working at Keystone is that it was, um, well, still is one of the largest and, and most well-known homebrew supply shops actually in the country, um, believe it or not. And yeah. so they were big on education, taught a lot of classes. I was able to teach a lot of classes. Um, and part of that was they hosted certification classes to become a uh, certified beer judge um, through the 
BJCP, which stands for Beer Judge uh, something program. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, so uh, cert- I kind of certificate forget. program, certification. Yeah, program. I was like certification or something like that. Anyway, you can just make it up. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that uh, that was pretty cool because I had I had only been at Keystone a couple months um, when that class started, and at first I was really intimidated. Um, and I also, I have mixed feelings on, on judging beers. Um, and even the longer that I've been in the industry, I have mixed feelings on, on judging beers, um, because I think it all, it's so subjective, right? And like the, the goal of the BJCP is to have a more structured, less subjective, um, perspective on it, but it also, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to not be subjective. You know, you got to kind yeah. of forget everything you know, but also yeah. remember everything that you know at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely find value in um, judging beer between professionals, like that for sure. Um, but as a home brewer, um, you know, I guess I almost sort of look at it like, how honest do you want me to be? Yeah, <laughs> because, sure. Because you know, some people just see this as, as um, a hobby and like. They really are just doing it for fun, and then others, you know, they're doing it as a hobby, but they really want your honest feedback, and yeah. so it's hard to to go between that. Um, I guess you got to ask that question, like, like how how much do you care, <laughs> or what what's yeah, your yeah yeah yeah. So <laughs> I was a little I was a little hesitant to take the class at first, but I I will say to this day it was probably the most beneficial class um, that I that I could have taken because you really dissect every style, um, but you also go into how and why beers taste a certain way. Um, and I think for me, one of the, the biggest learning components of that was um, understanding what not to do. Um, like what are those flavors that are gross that you don't want and how are they achieved so that you Absolutely. know how not to do those? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so I will say that I think that taking the BJCP class actually kind of, um, it just kind of skyrocketed all of my, my knowledge, um, very quickly. So I feel pretty lucky that I was able to take that and, and keep them paid for it. Um, which was awesome because it's, you know, stuff that I still refer back to and, and yeah. look at. Um, so, you know, all these years later, cause I think I took that class at the very beginning of 2014, yeah. so seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. Time flies, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I know. I know. I still remember. <laughs> I still remember yeah. that class. And you were um, doing some homebrewing at Shippensburg University with your roommates. Yeah, I had homebrewed like once or twice. Okay. Um, it wasn't, you know. I mean, you're in college, so like. Yeah, I'm just know. like I don't. You know. You know. <laughs> it's yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was fun, but like, you know, how serious was I going to take it? I don't know. I barely went to class, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was a really terrible undergraduate student. I was an excellent graduate student, but I was really terrible as an undergraduate. <laughs> I feel like, you know, when you're 18 or whatever, it's just, you don't know what you don't know yet. You know, you're, you yeah. know, my very first, my very first semester at college, my college roommate who I never met, we became best friends like day one. And all we did was play like uh, Xbox, like all day, every day. And then we got our, you know, grades and we were like, Oh, we're about to fail out. <laughs> so we yeah. literally 
you know, got our shit together and, you know, went to the library a couple of times a week and, you know, finished, you know, graduating with honors. But it was just like that first couple months, you know, away from home, you're like, oh, I get to do whatever I want when I want. Like, this is sweet. But then you're like, yeah. oh, shit, I got to actually do some stuff, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think that's the important part of college is learning how to, like, manage a schedule and, you know, responsibilities. So, like, manage yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Showering. Still trying to learn yeah. how to do. <laughs> <laughs> I always joke around and say that I still need adult supervision. So the fact that uh, two business owners trusted me enough to be in charge and be the adult supervision is fucking terrifying some days, but <laughs> also it's super rad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when we go to these, you know, Brewers of Pennsylvania guild meetings and whatnot, I think we all need adult supervision, even some of oh the God. adults, you know, the 50 year olds. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all yeah. in good fun. Awesome. Yeah. Whatever. So, cool. so tell so me yeah. about, <laughs> Tell me about, you know, Yingling was a beer that, you know, obviously you're like, oh, this says flavor. Guinness is a beer you still keep on tap at home. Um, Appalachian Brewing, there was a Weed Ale. Um, some of these were the beers that you were like, holy shit, there's more to beer than just, you know, say like a Miller Lite or something. Yeah. So I'm going to also throw in this disclaimer there that like, I can still get down on the Miller High Life, like PBR. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Cream is my tippity top favorite beer ever. Um, nice. If anybody wants to talk shit on it, like, bring it. Mm, <laughs> yeah, like, fucking bring it. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, like, you know, I, of course, like, Natty Light, you know, $10 a case. Like, that was in yeah. my college budget. But my, so my senior year, we were, we were Lions. Like, oh, dude, you want to get started on Lion's Head? <laughs> we can, man. The puzzles. Oh, okay. So Jenny Cream and Lion's Head are my two tippity-top favorite, like, inexpensive beers. <laughs> Jenny Cream because it's fucking delicious. <laughs> and Lion's Head because for, like, $12, bottles only. But for $12, awesome. you get 24 beers and 24 puzzles. Like, I have ADHD, so giving me a <laughs> bottle cap puzzle that I can solve in, like, three seconds is amazing. I'm like a cat. Like, <laughs> oh, you keep my attention for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay, what's that? Like, squirrel. <laughs> yeah. See, like we're uh, talking about lion's head and you're trying to ask me about all these other things. I'm like, nope, lion's head. That's what we're discussing. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, that yeah, was great. We're so, like, tasty so, beer. like sidebar on all of that is that I, I will never use the term beer snob to explain myself. I, I personally don't like that term. I understand if somebody wants to use that to describe themselves, that's completely fine. Um, sure. I just, for me, it's not, it's not something that I identify with. Um, and I think that's because I really feel like there's a time and place for every beer that's in this world. You know, like yeah. beers are commercially successful for a reason. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I'm tailgating a Phillies game, like give me some PBRs. Oh, yeah. um, you know, sometimes, sometimes at the end of a long week, um, you know, I haven't, COVID kind of threw a wrench in a lot of these plans, but you know, like sometimes at the end of a long week, like, I just want to go to the nearest dive bar and get, you know, a dollar fifty pint of high life. Oh, I don't yeah. want to think about it. I don't, I know what it's going to taste like and I don't want to think about it. Like, well, I just so that's the thing, right? You know, the drink consistency, right? You know, yeah. where you're getting, like it's consistent. Um, I actually recently, you know, one of the, the local Royal farms gas stations near me, I was like, let me check out their beer section. And I saw pounders of high life four pack, actually a six pack. I think maybe it was a four pack. Hell yeah. Anyway, it was $6 and I was like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, even though, you know, obviously I, I brew craft beer for a living and I 
I love, love beer. Um, I love craft beer and I, I do enjoy dissecting flavor profiles and, you know, nerding out with it, but you know, it doesn't mean that sometimes I don't just want an ice cold course banquet, you know, or whatever. Hell <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've yeah, never met know, a beer, you know, I didn't like, you know what I mean? People are like, what, you know, what kind yeah. of beer do you like? I'm like the one in my the hand. One in my hand? Yeah. Mind oh my blown? God. Jinx, you owe, <laughs> me a, you owe me a Sprite or something. Coke beer. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Uh, yeah, that's honestly, that's always my response. But you know, the one that's in my hand. I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> yeah. it changes daily. <laughs> yeah, it depends it on your mood. Depends on the weather. Depends on what you're eating. Like, yeah, it's situational and yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I just love beer. Um, but yeah, my senior year in, in college, to go back to the actual question, my senior year in college, um, I did a, a paid internship. And uh, so there was a, a craft beer bar that I had opened in town and they were doing like the that passport thing, you know, where like you would drink around yeah. the world and like you get the pen stamps from like, you know, drink six beers from a certain country and you get a stamp or whatever. It's okay. a great marketing <laughs> tool because I got my money. Um, so I tried a lot of beers that that semester because um, I felt like I was rolling in dough. And um, one of them that I remember really standing out to me was Appalachian Brewing Company's Water Gap Wheat. Um, it was because so around that same time, like Blue Moon was becoming yeah. a little bit more widespread. Um is probably pretty telling of how old I am, but, uh, <laughs> well, I would say so like blue moon and then, um, like magic hat number nine, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Like they started becoming more readily available at, at bars. And so when I tried the water gap weed, I was like, wow, this is like blue moon, but way better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, you know, I was from Harrisburg, so I was, you know, proud to rep that, that hometown vibe, um, yep. you know, and the artwork on it, um, on the bottle, I still remember, you know, it's from a section of Bethlehem, right by where I grew up. And so, um, yeah, just some, some cool yeah. memories and some cool connections. So yeah, see if Artie yeah. will hook you up with one of those old labels, if you got one laying around. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, cool. yeah. All right. So you start at Free Will, you know, 2014, you're a brewer there and you kind of did every job there. Um, let's, talk real quick. I mean, you had gone to, I uh, was like the blue dog tavern, coffee, oatmeal, brown, you have it on tap. You're like, Holy shit, what is this? And then yeah. fast forward to your job at free will. Was that the first beer that you ever brewed there? It was. Yeah. That, so it's what, like the circle of life, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I know. So, so yeah, blue dog tavern was right by my house. And actually the first time that I had it, I had was, I was still living in Hershey at the time. So I, I was out visiting, um, the person I am now married to, but was my friend and later became my roommate. And then my husband, I've had a weird <laughs> life, but, um, yeah. So I was out visiting him and he took me to this, to this bar right around the corner. And, um, I said to him, I was like, what do you like, what do you know about this, this brewery free will? So this was in, uh, fall of 2012. And, um, he was like, Oh yeah, it's this, this new brewery that just opened up in um, in Perkinson. I was like, where's, Percocy. And he was like, well, you probably passed the exit port when you were driving here on 309. I was like, oh, I thought it was pronounced Percasey. And he's like, no, it's Percasey. Um, he's like, but also my sister lives in Percasey. So, you know, it's, it's not that far. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. 
So I took one sip of it and I was like, holy shit, this is really good. What is this? Like, this is amazing. Um, I love coffee and beers, but sometimes I have found that coffee can be a little bit too acrid or um, kind of acidic, almost like that the bottom dregs of like your coffee pot is a little scorched, you know? So when I tried that beer, I was like, wow, this is, this is really good. So um, yeah, fast forward about a year and I got a year later and I got to know John and then um, beginning of 2014, he was like, Hey, do you want to come work for me at part time in the, the tasting room? Cause this is actually before you could sell pints for consumption on premise, right. um, under the licensing that, that people Remember those days? So <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. Jeez. Um, so I worked at Keystone, uh, full time and I worked at Freewell part time um for 18 months and I bugged the shit out of them to hire me full time I was like listen I I don't know what I want to do but I know that I want to be part of this industry in more ways than where I am right now um so in July of 2015 um John called me and he was just like hey um I want to hire you to be one of my brewers and I was like what I'm sorry. What, what, what did you say? And he's like, I want to hire you to be one of my brewers. And I was like, are you sure? Like you want to hire me? Like, remember when you called me at the homebrew supply? <laughs> yeah. Like, remember how dumb and ditzy I sounded? Like, are you <laughs> sure that you really want to hire me? And he's like, yes, I'm sure. He's like, I know you. And like, I trust you. And he's like, no matter who I get in here, I'm going to have to train them regardless of yeah. their level of experience. Like they're going to have to understand, you know, the specifics of our system and company and whatever. And so I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm all in. So I started, started brewing um, the end of July of 2015. And then the first beer that I, oh. that I brewed was COB. Um, it was uh, very serendipitous. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Still enjoy that beer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so you've done, you know, almost kind of every job at the brewery, you know, especially when you were at free (laughs) will, you know, upstairs, downstairs, you know, in the office, you're doing, you know, brand managing and that sort of thing. Um, but from what I read, it seems like you like, you know, the physicality of brewing the best. Tell me about that. I do. I do. Um, yeah. So I've, I've worn a lot of different hats over the years. Um, and I think, I think I'm a better employee for it. And I think I'm a a better member of this industry because of that, um, because I've experienced so many different roles. Um, But yeah, production is really, I I think that it's, it's where I want to be. I just, I love having my hand in the product. There's just something about it that will never be able to be reproduced in any other facet within this industry aside from like actually brewing it and doing it. Um, And, you know, being in the position where I am now, where I get to create those recipes um, and then I'm brewing it and I'm collaborating with our artists on label art, you know, like I'm conceptualizing what the label is going to look like. And then, you know, either, roughly sketching it for our artists and saying this, but do it better. Or, you know, I'm, I'm giving examples like, you know, very flowery wordy examples, yeah, <laughs> you okay. know what I'm going okay. for. So uh-huh. um, the, the fact that I can balance so much of the, the precision and science of actually brewing, but I still am able to be 
creative with recipe development and then, you know, label design and coming up with names. And then, um, you know, I do a lot of the photography for the social media here as well. Um, so the fact that I'm able to, to do both of those things keeps me pretty happy. It also keeps me really busy, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, it keeps me really happy. Um, cause I'm, I'm definitely much more of a, a creative than, um, so I think that's right brain. And then left brain is the more engineer, like black and white, Thinking, right? right. Yeah. So, um, I'm somewhere in between, but like my Venn diagram probably doesn't overlap quite as much as it would for some people. I'm definitely much more of the like, la, 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 let's get the toast of the easies and shape well, butterflies. It's certainly an art form, right? And, you know, again, yeah. you know, um, trial and error and, and figuring it out. Uh, in one of the articles I read, it, it mentioned that, you know, you're still a big proponent of like STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, mathematics, Absolutely. which is cool because my daughter is right there, age six and eight, and they have STEM classes already. Yeah, I think that that is so amazing. And I, that is something that gets me really excited. Um, so education in general is something that I get, that I'm, I'm a huge fan of education. Um, and that's education from every every level, you know, anything from like just informally having a conversation with somebody to sitting in a classroom and, you know, learning in a, a different formalized, um, you know, manner. But so education is just, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm huge on it. My mom was a teacher. Um, I was a TA in grad school. Um, nice. And I actually originally went to grad school to be a teacher. And then I decided that I never wanted to teach in a traditional classroom setting. Um, because that idea of like having all of these constraints and state standards, while I understand the importance of them, uh, I just, I know it wouldn't make me happy. I, I don't do very well coloring inside the lines. Like <laughs> I like guidance, but I don't, um, yeah, I don't. I gotta let you spread your wings. Like, let me do my yeah, thing. Yeah, there's too, too much else outside of the, <laughs> the constraints. Yeah. Um, nice. so yeah, I think, I think STEM-based education is amazing and, you know, it's, it, being a, a woman in um, an industry that for so long has been very male dominated. Um, it's, I'm excited at the fact that like, I think if I, let me take a step back. I think if I had understood that I could do this professionally someday and understood all the different other career opportunities that there are out there, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything that I've done for the experience that I've had, but I think maybe I, I would have understood things a little bit sooner or earlier in my life. Um, you know, I was pretty lucky to be raised in a family that um, societal gender norms, like they didn't really exist in my family. Um, my mom was the director of education for nature and art center, which um environmental education is also very male dominated. Um, so, you know, I always say like my, my parents split parenting responsibilities very 50, 50, you know, my dad kissed our boo-boos just as much as my mom did. Um, you know, he read his bedtime stories as just as much as my mom did. So it wasn't, it wasn't ever like, I was always raised that, you know, women could do whatever. It wasn't that, but the, the rest of society, I feel like, always kind of tried to, like, pigeonhole women into certain tracks and push men towards other tracks, um, which is bullshit and For needs sure. to stop. So the, the fact that STEM-based education is, I mean, from 
the time that, that kids are in kindergarten, first grade, like they're, they're having these classes and that that's things that they're being exposed to. So, you know, the generation behind us, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more um, diversity and um, a much more equitable environment um, because I think that it, it won't be as much of a shock that like, Oh, a female brewer. Mm -hmm. Yep. We exist. Not a fabled unicorn. You know, so, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think, I think STEM-based education and like that being an initiative that is, is really being pushed. I think it's just, it makes me so excited. <laughs> well, let's take that. Let's, you know, you're a member of the Pink Boots. Um, you're a big part of the Brewers of Pennsylvania and, you know, you're, you know, dealing with a lot of this, you know, creating the diversity, equity and inclusion um, within the guilds and, and within the Brewers Association in the country and all that. So, Let's talk about, you know, what, what you're doing and, um, you know, everything that we can do to learn more as, as, you know, males, like what, what should we know? How, you know, what are you guys putting together here? (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, I am, I am not an expert and I am constantly learning, um, and engaging in these conversations. And, you know, I really encourage anybody to engage in these types of conversations. And I, I understand that they can be very intimidating, um, but anybody that's that's listening, you know, and, and wants to learn more and engage in a conversation, please reach out to me. I'm I'm more than happy to um, to sit and chat. We can, you know, if it emails us, great. If you want to Zoom, if you want to meet in person, cool. Like I'm down for all of that. Um, but I I think something that has really helped me with doing this work um, is understanding that like. I'm going to fuck up. You're going to fuck up. We're all going to fuck up at some point. We're never going to say the right thing always and forever. Um, and, and that's okay. We're human. Yeah. Um, that's okay to, to not always understand how to navigate a situation. I think the key is in your reaction and how you handle it. If somebody calls you out or stands up to what you have said, um, the, you know, Swallowing, swallowing your pride and going, okay, I'm going to listen. Um, this is an educational moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, please tell me because I want to be better. Um, and, and understanding that these types of conversations are really uncomfortable, whether you're talking about uh, gender or race or religion or politics. Yeah. Um, these conversations can get really uncomfortable. And, you know, one of the things that I think I have started to get really good at is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, Because in those moments of being uncomfortable and having your viewpoint challenged, that's where the the change happens, you know, Um, because, when you have an emotional reaction to something, it means that you're not completely closed off to hearing the other side um, oh, yeah. and, and understanding. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there've been some experiences in my life and, and certainly within this industry that, um, have really helped to sort of shape what I do. Um, you know, I've 2021, um, I kind of, figured out what my my phrase is that that I'm using is in terms of why I I do and I I said you know I've turned my wounds into my whys um mm-hmm. the things that have happened to me um in this industry 
are the reason why I advocate for the things that I do. Um, and, you know, if I can help somebody to take a second thought before they speak or before they act, um, great. If I can provide a source of support um, and help somebody to feel a little less alone, um, great. Like, I, let, me, let me be that. Let me do that. Um, you know, I have a voice and I'm, I'm not afraid to use it. Um, I've always been pretty comfortable speaking out against things that I don't agree with. Um, I am learning more and more um, effective ways to communicate so that uh, the, the conversations can be productive and not just shutting somebody down um, yeah. because that's not productive. Um, so yeah, I mean, being part of, of Pink Boots, which is a professional organization for women in fermentation, um, you know, in the name of inclusivity, they have expanded that to, um, anyone that identifies as, as a woman. Um, and they don't have to be in just in beer anymore. So it does extend to, uh, cider, wine, distilling, mead, um, even kombucha, um, things like that, which I think is, is a great necessary step mm -hmm. in, in moving the agendas forward. Um, you mentioned I'm also part of the Birds of Pennsylvania, the um, Diversity and Equity uh, Committee, um, which we worked pretty hard over most of 2020 to um, have a code of conduct written and then adopted, and it, it was. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, and then I'm also part of the MBAA DEI task force, um, okay. which the MBAA is the Master Brewers Association of America. Um, it's actually the largest, um, sorry, not largest, oldest trade organization in the world, not just in beer. Um, so I think that's kind of a cool, yeah, it's kind of a cool culture of piece. But um, our task force is pretty, pretty big. Um, there's four different tracks within it. Um, there's people from all over the world, actually, that are, are part of this um, initiative. So wow. um, the MBAA is sort of, it's like in that, sort of like you have like the Brewers Association, right? And then you have like the MBAA. And while they don't do the exact same things, they're sort of on that same level with each other. You mentioned the Venn diagram before, right? They have overlap, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the MBAA is huge on education as well. Um, so that's obviously something that really appeals to me. Um, and I, I joined both MBAA and BOP in 2020. So, um, yeah, I think 2020 was when I really started to find my voice and stand up and say, you know what, enough is enough. Um, I know that I'm not the only one that has experienced some injustices, um, and, uh, you know, shitty things in this industry and, you know, I have this voice and I'm, I'm going to use it. Um, and you should. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's funny. You know, so the reason why this podcast came about not only was to just educate folks and on the happenings of the industry, but, you know, I had my three whys. It was to become a better listener, to become a better speaker and to become a better, you know, interviewer or, or better at asking questions. And, you know, through that, I did research on like active listening um, Ryan Holiday became a, a favorite author of mine. He's got the book called Ego is the Enemy. Um, the other one is The Obstacle is the Way. And that's, you just you know alluded to, 
Don't get uncomfortable being uncomfortable. That thing that you don't want to do is probably the thing you should do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the ego is the enemy. You know, there's, there's, you know, he's very big into stoicism and Epictetus has a quote that says, you know, it's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. So, you know, when you can listen, shut up, you know, like don't reply right away. If you get a bad email or a text, like, don't respond back because then you're responding with emotion versus actually thinking about what the hell you actually should respond with. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've really been learning and trying to implement more. Um, because hundred percent, I'm an emotional creature. Like I am through and through an emotional creature. Um, and so, while I think that that is good in a lot of situations because I'm, I'm a really genuine person when I, you know, like when I'm excited about something like that's me genuinely being excited. When I'm upset about something, I'm genuinely upset and bothered by it. And I don't think that emotions are bad, even though our overall in society, um, you know, people try to say that emotions are bad. I don't think that they are. Um, but I do think that learning how to communicate with people, because for some people, emotions are scary, right? And it, it shuts them down immediately. Like they're, they are not going to hear a single word that you say once you start becoming emotional. Um, yep. And so I think that that's something that I've, I've really, I feel really proud of some of the things that I learned in 2020, um, yeah. especially because, so I, I was, I spent six months, um, on medical leave after having surgery for the second time. And, um, I did a lot of soul searching, a lot of, um, just how can I be better? Um, how can I, when I return to the workforce, how can I be a positive influence? How can I be a positive member of this industry and, um, learning those different communication patterns, um, and learning to, not always emotionally react to something, but figure out how to still be true to who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's, I love that kind of stuff. I think self-growth is hugely important. Um, yeah. Big fan of it. <laughs> do, you, do you journal at all? Sometimes do. Um, I think I tend to journal and document things through photos. Um, and I don't, most of them, I don't even share, um, you know, it's just stuff that I look back on, um, times, places, moments, feelings, emotions, things like yeah. that. Um, so I think I do, I think that's kind of my version of journaling. Um, okay. so, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love putting pen to paper and just, you know, that quiet time, you know, but I, you know, I, I, same thing with the pictures. I'll take pictures of like, strange things and I'll come back to it. Like I have so many pictures in here that, you know, I didn't post and that's fine. Like the, the world doesn't have to see them. Like those are for me, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know what? It, it, I don't need other people to see this or to understand it. I understand it. And I know what this means to me. Um, so yeah. Very cool. I meditate every day though. So that's, nice. I think also part of it. <laughs> I am uh, six minutes away from 3000 minutes of meditation on the headspace app. So. Oh, cool. I'll hit that today, maybe after our, cool. after our episode. Yeah. So, would you, uh, how do you meditate? Do you use an app? Do you use guided? Is it, how do you do it? Um, it all depends on 
what I'm feeling that day and, and where I'm at. Um, I don't use an app um, and I don't, I don't use guided meditations. Um, it's all learn? just within myself. How'd you learn to meditate then? You know, that's a really good question. And I actually don't know that I have an answer. Um, I had a, a yoga teacher ask me once, uh-huh. like, like one of the big focuses of um, yoga is like breath, um, breath, but like In prison. meditation through movement. Right. Uh-huh. And so like you kind of go into this trance and I just, for whatever reasons, I am somehow able to do that pretty easily which comes as such a complete freaking shock considering that I have ADHD. So like, I don't know how I'm able to do it other than I guess I, I guess I just am able to like focus inwards. Yeah. Honestly, cool. I have no idea. And I don't know how I learned it. It just, I don't know. Just, Something happened in my late twenties that I started to like, just go through this whole mental shift. Um, I discovered, um, an author and, you know, spiritual leader, um, named Thich Nhat Hanh that sort of really just spoke to me. Like the first time that I read one of his, his works, I mean, my mind was just blown and it pretty much changed the entire trajectory of my life since then. Um, so the name of that book or was it multiple books? Uh, pieces, every step pieces of peace is every step. Okay. Peace, like peace. Yeah, yeah. yeah peace is every step. So tick not Han. I'll send you a text with the awesome. um, with cool. the link. Um, I'm really into that. Yeah, yeah. It's like eleven bucks on Amazon. <laughs> I love <laughs> it's like I my get, favorite book. Honestly, I get like every book on like eBay, and they're like four bucks. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. That's why you see my bookshelf. Yeah. They're all literally just there's like three hundred yeah. four dollar books. And I'm yeah, okay. that's awesome. I'm okay with paying for education. You know. Yeah, for sure. And, and beer, for sure, and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> All of which I'm surrounded by right now. <laughs> awesome. So, so now let's yeah. turn back to the liquid, right? Uh, yesterday I'm at my office in Westchester and I'm like, I go get my haircut real quick and I'm like, I got to eat. And then I have a meeting and I have a meeting. So I was like, I got to eat. I'm like, all right, I'll stumble over to uh, Iron Hill real quick. So I sit down and I look at the board. I'm like, girls just want to say Zon. I saw that you guys are brewing it. Um, yeah. And I had to have it. So I sit down, I text you a picture. I'm like, you know, I'm drinking the beer that you helped make. Like, that's cool. You know, not so many people get to just, you know, talk to the person while you're drinking their beer. Like that's really neat. Right. So I thought it was fitting. Um, Tell me about that collaboration with Iron Hill and was it, was it pink boots or or how'd that all come about? Yeah. So before I talk about that real quick, the statement that you just made about like being able to sit down and share the beer and talk to the person that brewed it. Um, that is one of my favorite things in the world. And I think that that is part of like me having my hand in the product and then being able to see it come full, full circle, you know, like watching somebody get that pint passed to them, you know, by the server and like enjoying it. Um, yeah, that's, that's super cool to me. And that was what I missed during COVID where you couldn't sit down at the bar and talk to the beer. I know. I know. I know. I'm aggressively friendly. I'm an aggressively friendly emotional creature that loves Jenny Cream and Lion's Head. So yeah. Um, and craft beer. So <laughs> that, was an, that was an amazing sentence. I'm glad we have that recorded. <laughs> so yeah, COVID was a, that was, that was rough on me, man. I, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so the Iron Hill collab. So 
Avery, um, who is a brewer at the new uh, Iron Hill production facility in, in Exton, yeah, which is a beautiful facility. And yep. um, it's a cool concept because it, the, the restaurant side of it is like high-end snack bar um, and really focuses on the beer, um, whereas most of their other regional spots are food and beer equal focus. Um, so it's a different, a different concept, but it's really cool. So Avery reached out to myself and a few other women within Pink Boots and said, hey, um, I'm going to be brewing this uh, beer using the Pink Boots hot blend. Um, would you want to come brew with me? And you know, I was like, hell yeah. Um, you know, because that's so every year around International Women's Day, um, there's a large collaborative Pink Boot brew that is usually done at a brewery within, you know, Philadelphia area. Yeah, so I was actually lucky enough to to host one of those brew days a couple of years ago. Um, and it's a really amazing experience just to have so many women together get all of that energy and like just all that badassness, you know, like it's, it, it's super cool. Um, yeah. And so that was hard this year to realize like, oh yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, so when Avery reached out, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm in like, you know, thank you so much for, in, for inviting us. And so their new system is, is beautiful and impressive. And um, I think they, had started brewing on it maybe middle to end of January. Uh, so it's still, still relatively new. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's just a really fun, good vibe day. Um, there was much needed. Think, yeah, it really was because that was kind of the first time that I had gotten together with, um, some other women in the industry like that. Um, you know, in a, in a while. So it was, yeah, definitely much needed. Um, and at that point, uh, I think two days later, I got my first vaccine and, um, you know, a couple of weeks after that, I got the second shot and now we're, we're fully vaccinated. So it was just like, it was like, that was such an important moment because I feel like it sort of turned the corner for me mentally, you know, yeah. so it was almost like, you're coming out of the the doldrums of winter and, you know, all of this stuff with COVID and um, things. The weather's getting better. Right? Yeah. 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 Flowing. Yeah. So it was just, it was just a good, a good day all together. Um, unfortunately, I was not able to, to be there for the release day because I had gotten my, my second shot um, the day before. So, um, I was kind of feeling ugh, uh, not super great, so uh, I did miss out on the release day. But um, but I've had I had the opportunity to to have it at um, the local Iron Hill. So. Love it, very cool. Mm-hmm. He has a tasty beer. I've been drinking a lot of farmhouse type stuff lately. It's just kind of hitting the spot for me. So um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So tell me about Naked Brewing Company. Brewery size, number of barrels you guys are going to brew. What's the vibe there when I walk in? <laughs> Um, so it's a seven and a half barrel system, um, but I can actually eke out just under 10 barrels in the kettle. Um, I absolutely love the brew system here. Um, she is a fucking beast and I (laughs) love her. I speak kindly (laughs) to her. I pet her. Um, we are like, we're one man. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're fucking homies. Like she's. 
and it's a it's a it's a woman like obviously what's her what's um, her favorite music oh well so i have a, a brewing playlist that i put on um that's just like my go-to and so i have <laughs> i love it all right so i have some like weird <laughs> rituals um so before every brew day before i mash in um i light palo santo and i bring in good intentions and like release any negativity and just invite like good positive vibes um i have like a whole little shrine up on (laughs) the bird deck um so i have i have palo santo and i have sage um in a a pottery bowl that i threw so it's you know something and it was came from local clay um i have an amethyst crystal that actually john semler's youngest son gave to me for christmas um yeah he's my little buddy um i have a labradorite crystal um i have two seashells and this red glass heart that my mom gave me so those all sit on um on the brew deck um and so i have a, a brewing playlist that i usually put on while i'm mashing in doesn't always have to be the same song but it's always the same playlist um that i start with and uh it's a wild mix man like there's <laughs> um yeah, there's it's a wild mix. Like we go from Lady Gaga to Run the Jewels to Wu Tang to Green Sky Bluegrass to Trampled by Turtles to like Love It All Dispatch and yeah, yeah Fleetwood Mac is definitely on there. Oh, yeah. Um Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Like we 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 cover we cover a wide <laughs> a wide array of music. But um yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just the things that I do, I guess. I love it. it Brings me a little little bit of peace, helps to helps me to feel centered, and then I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> all right. How big are the fermenters then? So we have 15 barrel fermenters. Um, so you said 15 more. I, pie. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, 15, so you double pie. batch basically. So um, if you want. So I started here uh, July 1st of 2020. So in the middle of the pandemic, um, they had not brewed on the system for about two, two and a half months prior to me being on board here. Um, So I came into a a cold brew house. Um, I taught myself the brew system. There was nobody else here to teach me. Um, And so starting in a brand new environment with brand new roles and not in the middle of a pandemic and not understanding what sales velocity is going to be like is, um, how do I put this, fucking intimidating. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so that's been, um, that's been an interesting, an interesting, like, "Mm, what are we doing? Um, so honestly, up until just recently, most batches, uh, I've been just brewing a single batch, but putting it into a a 15 barrel fermenter. Um, but I'm, like I said, I'm able to knock out just under 10 barrels. Um, so now we're starting to see some sales velocity turning back up. So yep. some beers I will be double batching, but honestly, um, most of them I'm probably going to just be doing a single batch and keep that shit rolling, man. Keep, keep the top, you know, fresh as fuck and <laughs> <laughs> new stuff. Cause that's what people want. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's like they, they want to be able to come into a brewery and, and not have the same six beers eight beers on on tap like they maybe one or two tried and true but um you know they want to see things kind of evolving 
So one of the things that um, I'm big on and sort of a, a mindset that uh, we've established here in kind of business model is creating these uh, beers that are sort of part of a series. And I say series in quotations because it's kind of an like unofficial series, but sort of a series. It's unofficially um, official, you know? Right. It's like unofficially official. So we have like the cat series, right? And so the cat series is hazy IPA, double dry hop, two hops. Um, always need something cat or with the word cat in it. Um, and so idea behind that, I mean, work harder, not work smarter, not harder. Um, don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, but also you start to create this built in fan base by having these beers that are within the same realm as another one. Right. So if somebody comes here and they had like clown cat, which was the first in the cat series we did, this was back in the fall, they had clown cat and they really dug it. And then they came and they had another cat beer um, and they really liked that one. And they're like, okay, so I get it. Like they're different, but I, I get it. I understand what it is. And so you don't have to work as hard to market or sell that beer. So it's just smart marketing. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. um, you just, you start to create this brand recognition. You know what's um, and that's, for the most part. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've been trying to establish um, beers that are sort of, variations of themselves to sort of get some good brand recognition, which I think, um, so when I came on board, uh, canning wasn't a thing like naked had never canned before it was draft only. And so, um, you know, cans really became necessary to survive during the pandemic. <laughs> um, and so creating this brand recognition to me is hugely important. Um, so, yeah, all all different things that. Um, so let's talk keep about that, that creative mind going. <laughs> Fleetwood Cat comes out on May thirteenth, which is you know uh, really tomorrow. But uh, when this podcast comes out, the the beer will be out. So Fleetwood Cat is the new one. Yeah, Fleetwood Cat. So um, this is this is a funny one um, and a fun one to do. So back in the fall. Um, Dan and Tom from the Best Best Friends podcast in the world um, had reached out to me and invited me on the podcast. And um, we had a blast. Like it was just, it was just good vibes all around. And um, we discovered that we all had a mutual adoration and love for Fleetwood Mac, um, <laughs> specifically Stevie Nicks, but um, we all really enjoyed Fleetwood Mac. And so um, I had said, if you guys are ever interested in brewing a beer, like, I mean, I'm like, you can come brew with me anytime you want. Like, mm -hmm. it's just me back there. So, yeah, you, know, you could always use I, a hand, right? Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, the, the more that you're, the more that I'm able to um, expose people to the production side of, of brewing, I think just like there's nothing bad that can come from that, right? I think only positive things can be gained. So, um, you know, lots of conversations and text messages back and forth, like, funny shit back and forth you know like for months we were talking about potentially brewing a beer and then it got to a point where i was just like no like i'm not actually joking guys and i'm i'm writing the production schedule for the next like nine months so if we're gonna brew this beer like let's like let's for real talk about it and and make moves because i don't want to you know just keep 
talking about things and yeah. never do it. So uh, one drunken FaceTime Friday night later, and we <laughs> had the idea of calling it Fleetwood Mac or Fleetwood Cat Rumors um, and doing the label art um, inspired by the album cover of the Rumors album, but as cat because cats are funny. Um, <laughs> <and> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, awesome. I'm, so, so I'm that's so, out. I'm so May 13th. Yeah. What, uh, what, what, uh, hop varieties are in there? Uh, Sequoia, which is a relatively new hop, and then Cashmere, which is also still new ish, but has been out for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, it's to me, it's, um, like immediately on the nose, I get like lemon meringue pie. Um, okay flavor profile again kind of get that lemon meringue um like candied key lime curd um so like almost that filling to key lime pie but not quite um yeah. but not that tartness it just has like this cool citrus side to it um yeah What's i even get name? like some blueberry water ice vibe out of it uh adv is 6.6 6.6 perfect so, yeah yeah I'm pretty intentional with everything that I do in in and around creating a beer um, from ABV to, you know, just literally every aspect of it. I'm very, very intentional with what I do. Um, I so, yeah. So awesome. it's like, I think it goes back to that. I like guidelines, but I want to be able to color outside the lines a little yeah. bit. And so... Um, I kind of, when I, when I create beers and I create recipes, I have an end goal in mind of that flavor profile that I want and the ABB that I want. And then I work backwards and I deconstruct it backwards. Um, I think that I always assume that that's how other people work. And I'm learning that that is not how other people work at all. Um, So recipe development to me is, I don't want to say it's easy because it's, it's not, but like, yeah and i'm i again like i think i thought that that was something that was really easy for a lot of people and as i'm spending more time um in the capacity that i am now and and have been talking to more people and i'm learning that it's i guess it's challenging for some people i don't know it's like maybe a humble brag but i don't know (laughs) differences (laughs) yeah hey i mean there's people learn different ways people learn people don't learn um people think differently yeah. just yeah people's brains work differently um you know i think i think there's two two schools of brewers there's the intuitive brewer and then there's the technical brewer and i fall into the intuitive brewer category um but i have some of that technical brewer side as well um so i don't know i don't know that one is better or more right than the other um sure. I think an intuitive brewer can maybe problem solve a little bit more easily. Mm. Um, Cause you know, you, an intuitive brewer, well, a technical brewer goes A plus B equals C. And I know what that does. And you know, you continue on down the line An intuitive brewer goes, well, I have A and I have F and I got to get to M. How the fuck am I going to get there? And you figure <laughs> it out. Right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. What else? Anything else you wanna wanna tell the world? Well, you know, we discussed Jenny Cream and Lion's Head. We discussed Fleetwood Mac. 
um, you know, I feel like my day is pretty much just done at this point. You like we discussed, chill out, just end the day. Yeah. Have some beers. Yeah. I mean, I did start my morning off by toasting, um, our owner. So one of the owners, Jim, uh, today is his 50th birthday. So I busted out some McAllen 21. Oh yeah. That's my other love is scotch. So, um, I have a rapid fire whiskey in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So when it comes to scotch, are you, you know, is it the Islay? Is it the Highlands? Like what, what kind of scotch do you like? Highland and Stateside. Okay. Stateside specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. Sour beer or Jenny cream? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, depends what type of sour we're talking about, I guess. Cause you know, I, what's your favorite I sour love, beer? All right, so the sour that really, like, really sold me was Russian River Supplication. Okay. Um, that probably will forever be my my favorite. Um, That's fair. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think Desecration, so I my buddy yeah. loves, he always tries to find it as much as yeah. possible. The maroon label. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Supplication is the one that's, like, a brighter blue color. Okay. Um, Asian Kino Noir Barrels, which is my favorite. Same. Idol, so. Same. Nice. Oh yeah. 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 Groovy. Going to the beach or going kayaking? God, you really fucking stalked me, didn't you? <laughs> so you know these questions. You know that this is going to be really hard. Can I kayak at the beach? How about that? I'm going to win-win on that one. You can. You can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The beach is my favorite place, though. Um, but being in and around water, kayaking is, Yeah. Damn it. And now I'm scared for the rest of your questions. <laughs> I only got These like, hard, but I, I only but have like one them. more. <laughs> but I like them. All right. Keep going. All right. The next one was your favorite Fleetwood Mac song or Stevie Nicks song. Um, probably Gold Dust Woman. Nice. Okay. Um, but I also love some of, some of Stevie Nicks' solo, solo stuff. Like, Stand back, you know, yeah. that's, that's a good song. Uh, Trouble and Shangri-La, that's another good one. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Dressing cool. up as Stevie Nicks is super fun, too. I kind of just want to dress up every day. Like, when I do collab beers, um, I like to have themes to them and themes okay. for the day because I just think it's fun. Um, and I love playing dress up. <laughs> I'm such a little kid. That's fun. Um, so... Yeah, so the day that Dan and Tom came and brewed uh, Fleetwood Cat with me, um, I definitely dressed up as Stevie Nicks, like donned the Stevie Nicks wig and like, um, side note, I don't know how people deal with long hair. Like that was too much. It was just, it was all over the place. Everywhere. Like, what? It's what? Hot. How do people deal with this? It was so hot. <laughs> but, like I couldn't take it off because my hair underneath was like, none into my well, head. You'd be out of character then too, you know? Oh my God, I know. So I even had a tambourine and I had this like big flowy, like Stevie Nicks chiffon top that like, oh, it was so fun to twirl. That's <laughs> great. I am like a little kid. Like I just want to dance around and like twirl all day. I'm and assuming there's pictures of this on your Instagram or something like that, right? Yeah, there are some photos. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. So I just brewed a collab with Hannah Eisen from Zero Day. Nice. Um, so, uh, Hannah Banana, you know, has been a nickname that both of us have had, you know, yep. since we were little kids. So, 
obviously we had to brew a banana beer. Um, nice. So we got all, we had all sorts of like banana things. Like I had all these inflatable bananas in the brewery and <laughs> we wore, wore banana shirts and banana hats. And like, I found these cool banana fanny packs that are insulated, but then they also had like a koozie attached to it. Oh dude. It's, it's so amazing. It's amazing. in the brew house. I know. So like, I'm all about these fun beans, you know? There was always, uh, uh, at Westchester university, we always had like banana day. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Should have like, not have that. 25th. It just happened. Uh, Wednesday, April 21st was the 25th annual banana day at Westchester university. When what happens during banana day? So there's like a, you know, a person dressed up as a banana and there's like just outdoor activities and, you know, like picnic games and stuff like that. And bananas. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I did not know that. Hey, there you go. The more, you know, maybe, maybe next year you and I should go to banana day. We could go to banana day. Yeah. I we'll mean, we've been out of college for a little while, but like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still there all the time. I'm on the board and stuff. So oh, all right. yeah, I get back. We'll, <laughs> we'll get you. We'll get you a free pass. Hey, right. I'm awesome. excited. Oh, day. Very good. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Thanks for being <laughs> a bold woman in beer. Uh, continued success to you. And uh, thank you so much, Hannah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's good chatting with you. Cheers. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Appreciate you tuning in. I hope you learned something. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if so, tell a friend, leave that five-star rating I mentioned earlier, and comment on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on any platform. Spread it around the world. Let's make it happen. I appreciate y'all. Cheers and beer mighty things.